Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, welcome to week two of preseason. Last week was week one. We skipped it. Uh, wasn't my fault. <laughs> uh, what did you think of week one of preseason? What, of what you saw? It, to be fair, it wasn't uh, very eventful, but did you happen to catch anything about it? You know, it, it, on the whole, it's it's what uh, it's what the first week of preseason always is for the fans, and that's uh, you know, not much. Uh, we're really excited. That that's just how uh, desperate we are at this point. But uh, let's face it, this is just preamble to what we really want. Right? Yeah. Of course, we want the real football. I mean, we we want to wake up Sunday morning with a hangover. <laughs> Putting on some, uh, putting on some jammies, getting on the couch, and not moving for seven or eight hours straight. Is that what you want, sir? That is, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's right. Give him what he wants. Are you not entertained? Um, <laughs> has any week one of preseason mattered less in any year than you, that you can remember? You know, I, and it it makes a lot of sense. But you are correct. Uh, every year we get a little more protective of the starters. And uh, and I can't really criticize that, um, uh, especially since we've been on this path for a while now as a league. And uh, at this point, especially with the short leash that new coaches have, I mean, if you if if an, if a starting O lineman goes down, that could be the difference between you keeping your job. Um, so and 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 you know, as a fan of of one of these teams, uh, you know, we're all a fan of one of these teams, you, you don't want to see that happen to your team either. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the, the games never counted. Um, they do serve a function. They're very important for, uh, you know, whittling down that roster to 53 spots. But, uh, but that, that's where the excitement stops. We're not, we're not tuning in to see our uh, our starters or what's in store for us with the with the first string offense and defense it kind of like begs a question like you know if they're just glorified practices or scrimmages like uh, i mean i guess it gives people a chance to go to a game that they normally wouldn't be able to otherwise because they couldn't afford it um or it's i mean it's i, I guess it's just something you can go and do <laughs> no in it, august it, it really you know, is like, it, it's, it's kind of like well, what else is it for at this point. It's kind of like going to a Rockies baseball game. Like you're, you're really just <laughs> oh, going for the fun. Um, sorry, <laughs> right, but right. Uh, but it's true. You're 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 going to, uh, you know, enjoy the uh, the atmosphere and uh, right. not much else. <laughs> I've been to preseason games. They can be fun. Um, they're cheaper. Oh, I had I've had know? a blast at some of these um, preseason games. Um, yeah. yeah, but they they do not. Uh, feel the same, and they, you know they ultimately yeah. don't uh, don't count on your season, right. and uh, and so yeah, it's it's more of like a it's more of a fun time than than serious football. So so why don't they do like just like a scrimmage? Like you can do like inter squad scrimmages or scrimmages between teams. They just fly them in, right? They they do that now for like like a week or two. The, the teams fly in, and then they play the preseason game on Saturday. Um, you know that that's common. It's happening across the NFL right now for week two of preseason. Like, why don't they just do like a scrimmage with another team for like season right. ticket holders? So I, that's I, what I, it is. 
I kind of see where you're coming from. Yeah. We've already talked about how uh, they are going to start televising like every team's partial Practice. practices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the one thing I would say in defense of these preseason matchups, it still comes down to finalizing your roster. And the one thing that these preseason games have that a, that a practice or a scrimmage wouldn't have as much of is uh, the stage. These guys are in front of stands uh, full of fans. And, uh, stands and full of fans. Stands full of fans. And uh, it's just... <laughs> the fans uh, are stands. It's, it's just one more thing that makes it closer to authentic game conditions that you can get a good look at your, you know your third string quarterback and uh you know what kind of what kind of return man is he when when it matters uh that sort of thing would you you could say the fans are stands get it like the m&m <laughs> rap line stand yeah anyway um yeah i mean it makes sense I, i'm just being playing devil's advocate for per usual but also thinking pragmatically about this like what what is really the purpose of NFL preseason if it's just being like sort I, of uh, it's 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 being carted away? I like, mean, its biggest like a guy function, tearing it, you know. its biggest function in my world is to get me really excited, uh, just to come to that conclusion very quickly that I have uh, uh, another month to wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a tease, man. It's just like the NFL draft. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's a, a tease. tease. It's a real it's all, tease. Uh, just giving you something you, you want really bad, and they take it away from you. Just, you know, these, the NFL would be the worst parent of all time. It doesn't discipline any of their kids <laughs> for it correctly. <laughs> like, That's a whole other show, Rob. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a second, right? Um, not to laugh about it. It's really unfortunate, but, yeah, I mean, to, to, to God honest truth is the NFL is a bad parent, you know? So that's right, to, to that goes say without the saying. Least. Um, let me ask you some I'm – gonna, I'm going to present you some possibly overreactions. NFL preseason week one, um, maybe some legitimate takeaways. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. I want, your, I want your unadulterated reaction. Okay, reaction. Trey Lance is the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense. He went four of nine for 92 yards, 18.4 yards per attempt, and he threw. Um, if you haven't seen the video, um, I've he seen threw some. a really, really nice deep ball to Danny Gray. I don't know who that is, but apparently he. he I, knew, I saw it. He threw a 60-yard pass, and it was a beautiful pass. His arm talent is pretty undeniable. What do you think about that? Trey Lance is the perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's 49ers offense. Well, I mean, it, it's it's great to have that kind of positivity, but, I mean, you said four of nine? Yeah, four of nine. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that's not terrific, but it's also not much. Uh, four of five. It's, four of five. Oh, four of five. I thought you Sorry. said four of nine. I, I um, might have. But, again, you know, four of, <laughs> four of, five, four of five is good, um, but four of five isn't – you know, 16 of 20. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's five passes. It's a small sample. Yeah, it's, it's, such, sample. it's such a small sample that, uh, you know, it, it's better than one of five, certainly. But uh, but I do think that that's, uh, that's an overreaction, and uh, we're just, just going to see a lot of that this time of year. So And on into the first few weeks of the season as well. So Could he be a good fit? Oh, based he certainly on his could physical be. traits certainly and could be. But, everything uh, else. But... To come out and say he's a perfect fit at this point, I think it's a little too soon to tell. Okay. Too, too early in the day. Too early in the day, kid. Okay. Um, Jalen Hurts 
is perfect for the Eagles pass pass more offense. I wasn't aware they were going to be passing the ball more. I think they ran for like 2,500 yards last season between all the running backs they had and Jalen Hurts. But nonetheless, uh, Hurts went 6 of 6 for 80 yards and a touchdown, 13.3 yards per attempt. Um, without A.J. Brown on the field and only really having Zach Paschal, whoever that man is. So, And uh, Dallas Goddard. Um, the plan is for Hurts to not run nine-plus times per game, and that might mean throwing more than 30. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you ever see Jalen Hurts throwing the ball more than 30 times in a game, I think you'd want to look away. So, Not that he's a bad passer, but what do you think? Is he a perfect fit? Is he going to be a good, good high-volume passer? Why should I believe that he's never done it before? Well, so I think uh, I think he's in a better position to succeed throwing the ball than he has been so far in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he, he was one of those dual-threat quarterbacks in college, but he, he wasn't, uh, you know, oftentimes those dual-threat guys really do rely on their legs too much. I never thought he was that guy. Um, it, it, his ability to, to run outside the pocket and get upfield – makes him really dangerous in the red zone. Um, but uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do this year with, uh, with the help that he's getting uh, in the passing game. So, I, again, yeah. I, don't, I don't like the whole perfect fit description. I think that's just perfect fit. Come up with something better than that. Uh, I, no. I, do think <laughs> that uh, I do think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about uh, about the success he he might find this year throwing the ball. So yeah, uh, that that sounds fair. I, I he'll be better. I mean, if you want to talk about optimism, like is he can it be optimistic that he'll at least be better? Of course, he will be better. That's oh yeah, not a, not an overreaction, right? He has AJ Brown, and um, I think did they draft anybody? They may have. Um, nonetheless, uh, I mean, they're going to run the ball. That's going to open up a lot of things for him in the passing game. AJ Brown catches the ball downfield. It'll open up middle of the field for Goddard or God forbid Jalen Rager do anything with his career. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I would have to look at the roster to tell you definitively, like, you know, and I can't think of anybody else on top of my head who's on that roster, but I know it's, they got some depth. They got some good depth on playmaking ability. We talked about Miles Sanders last time we we're on. I, I mean, he's kind of a do it all running back. They got um, Boston Scott, best name in football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they got uh uh, you know, they, they got, they got good players. And why I can't remember any of them is beyond, Oh, Devonte Smith. That's who I was looking for. Yeah. Right? Devonte Smith Devontae is what Smith. going into his second year now. Right. Second year, former Heisman. Yeah. It looked really good last year. A thousand yard receiver. Quez Watkins no, looked good. So, so that's, you know? that's the reason Dallas for Goddard. real optimism about, about him being better is because that, that connection with, uh, Smith was already there last season and, and right. seemed to get better as the season went on. So being able to build on that and bringing a guy like A.J. Brown in that defenses will have to account for, um, I think this is one of those situations where the, you know, bringing A.J. Brown in was good for Hertz, Brown, and Smith. So Totally. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, optimistic if you're a, a Jalen Hurts Eagles fan right now. And Gardner Minshew. I mean, shoot, excuse me. I was trying to do my best Kristen, Chris Berman impression. It didn't work. So um, I'd like to see him play somewhere, but that's a whole other story for another day. So anyway, going back to our, our reactions, um, Matt Ryan isn't being saved by the Colts' offense. Uh, from all accounts, Ryan isn't disappointing in Frank Wright's scheme in Indianapolis' new pocket passer of choice. 
Uh, he was 6 of 10 for 58 yards. And um, I guess that would be week one in the preseason. I didn't realize he even played week one in the preseason. But, yeah, 6 of 8, 58 yards. Um, it didn't reflect the positive feelings he was showing in camp. Um, Sam Erlinger has actually been the best quarterback in camp. He's a second-year player from University of Texas. So, uh, And Nick Foles is there, too. <laughs> Always there to steal spotlight from somebody, right? So right. Um, what do you think about that? You, you've been pretty bullish of Matt Ryan and his fit in Indy, if I remember correctly. I haven't, no, but... I, I, I think it fits pretty good. I, I think I've said that I, I think he's going to be... Uh, you know, offer a little more uh, uh, wisdom and consistency at that spot uh, on a team that that just dominates with their defense and their running game. Um, so I I think this is an overreaction. Um, I think it's way too soon to uh, to doubt the uh, the Matt Ryan Colts experiment. So yeah, Bully. that's an overreaction Bully. in my opinion. Okay. Um, Daniel Jones still might be saved by the Giants' offense. Jones didn't put up great numbers. He was 6-10 for 69 yards. However, um, he seemed to pick up the, the scheme well, and um, he, he was protected for the most part. I got uh, Evan Neal from Alabama in the draft, and they still got a few guys they drafted in the first round who don't look like complete flunkies in this new offensive line scheme. Um, is there any hope for Daniel Jones? I've heard a lot. Of, there's been reports that Tyrod Taylor will be QB one when the season starts, and if that's the case, I just can't imagine they're going to win a lot of games this year. But you know, nonetheless, right? So, so I I expect Matt Jones to be the guy this year, and I expect uh, him to not be a giant next year. Likewise, um, that that's <laughs> that's the way I see this going. It, it can uh, you know uh, happen a lot of different ways. But uh, basically, you know, this is his fifth year, and and the Giants really didn't have any other choice but to go with his fifth year option, while they uh, look to the future uh, for uh, for a quarterback. So, uh, so I, I mean, I think they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be in some good games. Uh, uh, Jones isn't the worst uh, starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's he's certainly in that that bottom half, uh, firmly in that bottom half. So. Um. Yeah, I, I. What, what was the reaction supposed to be? Oh, is there hope for him? Yeah, is there? Uh, hope? I don't know I, if it's a reaction, I, but yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up. Um, he he could even be better than he was last year. I just don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Giants next season. So yeah, no no hope, and the Giants have to return the Super Bowl they won against the Patriots in twenty two thousand seven. Um. So, <laughs> moving on. Um, this is, okay, so bear with me on this one. The Buccaneers running back situation is worth some concern. The Chiefs running back situation is worth some concern. And the Texans and Jaguars running back situations are worth watching. The only reason I want to bring up all four of those teams all in one is a lot of fantasy implications for each team. Uh, specifically with, well, really with Jacksonville. We talked about, you know, Travis Etienne and... Um, what we all thought he could possibly be. I think he's got a really high ceiling. But nonetheless, uh, the Buccaneers, let's start with them. Leonard Fournette came came in bigger than a house. <laughs> and uh, it was a good offseason for, for homeboy. Giovanni Bernard, <laughs> hurt again. Um, Ronald Jones, meh, right? Third-round investment, Rashad White looking pretty decent against uh, Miami. He had 32 yards on the ground, two, two catches, 16 yards against. We have to remember, this, these are second-string players they're going against right right so right. 
Uh, who knows what that even means? Kansas City, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire still looks like crap. Um, Jarek McKinnon, you know, he's getting older. Uh, yeah, I mean, a bunch of guys we never even heard of that are, are going to be in and out of that rotation for Kansas City. Um, and then, ironically, Houston. Um, Damian Pierce looks fantastic. Rex Burkhead has uh, somehow gotten the fountain of youth out there in Houston. I don't know if it's from, like, the Poe Boys. I have no idea how, he, how that did happened. You, but did you just say Rex Burkhead? Rex Burkhead. Oh, I did say Rex God. Burkhead. It's been, yeah, he's playing. So I don't know why this is a surprise. He's still on an NFL team. You aren't. He is. Don't be no, jealous. Yeah. No, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, why isn't he, uh, you know, in UFC yet? Uh, he should be on this podcast. <laughs> so that's he should join the other two fat bearded guys on this podcast. So um, Travis Etienne, James Robinson. Um, if I told you last year or even two years ago that the Jaguars and Houston Texans, the Houston Texans would have better running back situations in Kansas City and Tampa combined, what would you say? I mean, I, I don't think I'd be. I mean, I'd say that that was an interesting prediction. Um, but, uh, but at this point, I mean, at the you know, oh no, if you had said that to me then, I'd say that's an interesting prediction. Uh, you know, what's what's leading you to think that because that's how unpredictable the running back landscape is. Um, I, I'm not surprised that the that's the situation we're in because I mean, you were, you were talking about guys like Jarek McKinnon, who what he's been in the league 10 years, maybe oh, a long time, yeah, yep. yeah, uh, at, at least then, that. And then you've got other guys that you know they they're they're worthless after sorry worthless they they bust after three years, um, so it's it's really hard to say. And then we're talking about Rex Burkhead for crying out loud, uh, so it, it it's so hard to predict these guys. Uh, the further they get into their careers, oh they're healthy, but they're older. Are you know do they still have it? Um, you know, how, how are they going to fit in the, the offense these days? Mm-hmm. So there's just so many things that uh, are impossible to predict with, these, with this position. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting, but I don't think it's all that surprising. You know, it, you know, it, 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 it'll be interesting to see who the best uh, running backs are this year because it's impossible to predict. Definitely. I, I mean, I, I think there's going to be a good amount of rookie running backs that make some fantasy noise and are probably pretty decent in like oh, in the long run. So I think I, so too. I think, yeah. I think we're going to see more and more of these, uh, you know, two and three running back, uh, uh, strategies. Rotations. Yeah. 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 Um, definitely going to be the case in Tampa. Um, I, well, we might as well mention it. Did you know Tom Brady hasn't been at the Tampa Bay facility for two weeks? I did not know that. So Tom, Tom Brady, we're just going to cut to this one because this could be an overreaction. How do you want to react to this, right? I mean, you just we just got your, your guttural live here, live reaction from Trevor. Did not know that. Was surprised. Um, <clears throat> he's been away from the facility for personal reasons for two weeks. And so when head coach Todd Bowles has been asked about it, he's been mum, if you will, and has not, uh, has not said much. He's actually redirected the question. Is, is there anything looking to here, or are we just all sort of well, creating I mean, any any sort of bad publicity about Tom Brady? So it's 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 pretty interesting because uh, whatever you think of Tom Brady, you have to admit that this is very unusual. Um, 
you know, if, if he has a really good reason for not being there, you have to wonder what that could possibly be. And if he doesn't have a good reason, if he doesn't have a really good reason for not being with his team at this point in the year, uh, then his his work ethic has fallen off, and this could be the beginning of the end. Because, um, I mean, he is getting up there, and if he's not preparing the way he always has, then uh, I, I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady anymore. Whoa. So, uh, so that that's my react. That might be an overreaction, uh, or Eddie might have a really good reason for not being there. But if, but if this is just, uh, you know, I don't need to do it. That's how good I am. Then I think that's the beginning of the end. Shots fired. <clears throat> I, I hope I hope it's not for something. Um... You know, emergency, something like that. I mean, personal yeah, emergency. we don't we right. don't wish for we don't yeah. wish for personal tragedy, but it would make right. more sense I, if it's one of those things where, like, how do I say this about coming off uh, coming off like complete crick? <laughs> if it's one of those things where, because he's been known for this to do this too, where he takes off like basically the whole off season to be with his family, not because of anything in emergency wise, because he wants to spend time with his kids. Which I'm not. Look, he's a family guy. It's fine. He's got kids. I I get it. Um, he's Tom Brady. <laughs> You know, you're you're the one who wanted to come back. You are the one that wanted to come back. You know, you're 45 years old. You retired and then didn't. So, you know, if it's one of those things where it's like I need to spend more time with my family, you you decided you didn't want to. So I, I hope make up your mind, dude. Right, right. I hope it's it's not that it's one or the other, but this is a this is a sport and it's a position where you have to give your all and you're the head of a team and you need to be there for your teammates to make them better throughout this process of the preseason i mean it's important you know they don't have a run they don't have a running back such a really good running back situation they're short on offensive linemen they um it's an older team you know i I think they could use all the reps they could together but um if it's anything emergency um condolences and sorry to speculate but that's what we do (laughs) so i wouldn't be doing my job if i wasn't i'm not getting paid for this job so um nonetheless look tom brady um if you're listening which you are um, <laughs> I, ho- I hope it's a good reason, man. Um, I, I went on, I've, I've done too many, too many, like, angry Tom Brady, uh, just rundowns over the last, like, month, uh, for a variety of reasons. And actually, the last episode, we talked about the Miami Dolphins thing, and I was starting to stick to my stomach with that. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I hope not. Um, I hope, I hope he gets some time that he needs and comes back. So, we'll see what happens. But, an overreaction. Possibly. We'll see. Um, well, this is something that the NFL probably should have overreacted. Well, I should say overreacted. should have reacted more on, but um, more on. NFL, more on. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Using that in the same sentence. Uh, well, it fits. If the shoe fits, it fits. The NFL are morons. Yeah, there it is. So, um, well, we had to talk about it. Um, Deshaun Watson, uh, his suspension went from six games to 11. Uh, he's now easy for me to say. He now has to pay a five million dollar fine. Um, not sure how this really happens. I mean, they obviously appealed it. Probably went back to the same judge that said he's getting six games and he got five more. Still not sure how that's not a whole not a whole year if it's not something worse. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, how do you react to this? It's it's really not surprising the NFL keep, continues to drop the ball. On, yeah, um, it's uh, you know public image so. It's really tough to know where to start. Um, there's just, you know, it's, it, I, I mean, 
the whole situation has ended up in a spot now where no one's going to be happy with the outcome. Um, uh, uh, a lot of people like myself feel that this is uh, still uh, you know, way too light of a punishment. Um, it is, you know, I'll, I'll point out it's a historically high uh, fine for a player, but also giving that some context every year these players make historically more money than ever before. And uh, $5 million is a lot of money. Uh, Deshaun Watson was paid $10 million last year, and he didn't even play. Um, so it's, it's, you know, the money certainly, uh, it, it's punitive, but, uh, but it's really nothing compared to suspending him for an entire year and saying the NFL might be done with you. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what so. else can you say? You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate. Um, it's probably over now, you know. Um, uh, unfortunately, it does feel like this is where it's going to land. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is probably yeah. it, unfortunately. Um, the worst thing he could have done is come out and said, I, didn't, I still didn't do any of it, and he did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He came out and said that. We yeah, said. I, I didn't. I didn't uh, hear it, but I've, I've seen it reported. I've seen it reported a few places, and it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it just makes the a bad thing look worse. Uh, he, he sh- he'd be better off having no statement at all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. definitely have been busted, dude. Like, show some contrition, uh, because nobody buys the whole "I did nothing wrong." nonsense uh so i I don't think we mentioned uh another aspect of the decision he is going to have to participate in uh you know like a a mandated counseling program and uh maybe that will get him to see just how inappropriate his words were today uh not to mention his behavior in the past knock on wood hopefully he does man it's it's sad um (laughs) You know, his statement the other day about he came out and said, I, I don't apologize to just those women, but all the women I've impacted, and then goes back and says that I didn't, you know, no, I didn't do anything. So yeah. it's, it's um, I don't know. The whole situation is just murky, and it makes you feel really uncomfortable reading about it. Um, well, and just, you, I, you, know? you just mentioned how he kind of reversed his stance on the whole thing, and now it's like, yeah. well, everything you have said and everything you do say is just going to feel phony now because you're obviously... Uh, you know, what you say is going with which way the wind blows. Uh, so it, uh, yeah, it's just, it's all bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, mm, I, I think this, it's, I think it's honestly, it's bad for everyone involved. Um, I, I know it's easy to see how this might be uh, better for uh, Deshaun Watson from a certain point of view, but really, uh, you know, if if you really empathize with with these people, like it's it's not even good for him. Yeah, uh, this it's, this isn't even fair to to Deshaun because uh, he's not going to get. Uh, I think he's not going to get the reality check that he really needs. So, yeah, no question. Yeah, how do you this learn? Is, this is the sort of thing. It might be an ordeal, depending on on how he sees it. It might be an ordeal. Uh, these these eleven games he doesn't get to play, but 
but he'll come back this season and he can put it behind him and I don't think that's the best thing for him right right and how do you learn from your, your behavior how do you get reprimanded for behavior how do you get on a process of uh, on a um yeah process of recovery or whatever the avenue of recovery if you, if you're just you know allowed to basically scapegoat other people not take any responsibility for what you've done and um not really own up not really have to own up and pass the buck and ultimately not really lose much. He didn't lose any hardly any money. Guy got $250 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. He doesn't have to sacrifice anything but $5 million and some of the paychecks. You know? It's not going to go to, like, domestic violence shelters. It's just going to go in the NFL's pocket. It's, well, it's so a, the, um, uh, the, fine, the fine will go to, uh, to oh, a charitable organization. And actually, I think... <laughs> I think that's five million from Deshaun Watson, one million from the Browns, and one million from the NFL will all go to okay. uh, to charity that that helps uh, these kind of victims and and uh, and that that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, I don't know the specifics, but I do think that was part of the ruling, is that that is where the money's going. Okay. Well, I stand corrected. I'm still sickened. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, yeah, yeah it, 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 would, it would be ridiculous if that money went to the league. Because, um, uh, I mean, we're, we're really in denial if we don't admit that, uh, you know, who Deshaun Watson is and what Deshaun Watson did, it's part of this system, this, this, this world uh, that is the NFL. And uh, so ultimately, some of the blame has to come back on the team and on the league. Uh, I don't know if it's going to do one damn thing to motivate change, uh, because like, like what? What is one million dollars to a team or to the league? It, that's it's nothing. Right. Uh, at all. I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So, um, but but that money is going to uh, to a good place. I mean, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, I hope it does. I hope it does. That's all I can say. <laughs> I just don't have any faith. Hopefully, in hopefully the money, hopefully the money does some good, but uh, I wouldn't expect it to uh, to be any kind of motivator for the for the league. So, right. Likewise, yeah, they haven't. They've proven nothing, <laughs> nothing uh, to, to to prove otherwise. Yeah, it's it is what it is, right? I mean, um, at this point, we can just say hopefully at this point it's over and we'll, we'll be forced to move on. Um, it doesn't mean it makes it any better. Um, obviously we've commented about it a lot over the last like couple months, if not longer, including last year, I think. Um, right. I can, I can say I'm, I'm part of me is glad that they've come to some agreement. Obviously it's, that's a very small part of me. The rest of me is just uh, upset, but we're a football podcast. <laughs> Tyler takes football on this one. Um, and you know, ironically, he's coming back and playing the Texans. You know, uh, right? So uh, you know, I I don't uh, you know I, I I do feel bad for the Browns fans. Um, it's bad enough that that the most of them live in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> a curse. But uh, but you know, it, it's going to be difficult not to be a Texans fan in Week 13 when he comes back from his 11 game suspension, which includes a bye week. Uh, on the road in Houston, and uh, uh, a chance for some real 
uh, poetic justice if the uh, Texans can can pull off the W. So, indeed, indeed, we'll leave it at that. So, moving on to more fantasy football talk because that's something we want to talk about. <laughs> we we want to get down to the tight ends because we've been sort of uh, circling that tight end drain for a couple weeks now. Um, are you ready for some sleepers in the tight end category for fantasy football? So well, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you the top three sleepers listed on ESPN's website on this uh, article that's based breakouts, sleepers, uh, people that keep an eye on that maybe you can get in the late rounds that um, have some really good value and you can take a flyer on or not have to jump so high on uh, when you're trying to reach for Christian McCaffrey or Kyler Murray in the first round because <laughs> you're a Nimrod and you've learned nothing listening to this podcast. So um, tight end, sleepers. Number one, Irv Smith Jr. was named three times in this article. What do we know about Irv Smith Jr.? Our Minnesota Vikings uh, <laughs> field reporter, Trevor Koppel. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, th- this is uh, this is a tight end out of Alabama that uh, we were really excited about when we drafted him. Um, he's definitely shown uh, the the potential that that we wanted, um, and things just. You know, he, he's, he's had injuries. Um, we've had uh, a crisis of identity on offense here and there. Um, I do think that this year with the new head coach, uh, I think there's a real opportunity there. And, and any hype that he had in fantasy as a rookie has definitely worn off. Um, but I do expect that, that Minnesota is going to move the ball through the air uh, more than they have in, in recent seasons, and I do expect uh, Irv Smith Jr. to be a big part of that, especially in the red zone. Um, he's, a, he's a big tight end. Even, you know, even for tight ends, he's a big guy. Uh, can, can run routes. He can get separation, uh, uh, even in short yardage situations. So I, I like this as a sleeper, and, and I, I wish I could tell you that that's not because I'm a Vikings fan. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to, to say, honestly. It might be because I'm a Vikings fan. But I do like Irv Smith Jr. right now. I think you'll be able to get him uh, at a good spot in your draft, and uh, he could turn into an every week uh, uh, tight end one. So, Yeah, or flex. Um, I, Kirk Cousins likes some, some tight ends. I, I have no stats to back that up, but I do remember us previewing, and this was probably – Three years ago, when we were talking about Kyle Rudolph um, being a big part of that offense in Minnesota, and then I can't remember Tyler Conklin. There we go, being a big part of that the middle of the field. Yeah. yeah, because of Thielen, maybe he gets hurt, but he's really more of an outside receiver. He's not like a slot. They don't really have a true slot on that team. So I kind of like Herb Smith Jr. to slide into the slot and play off the line and get open. I think he'll be open a lot if he gets I on do, the field. I do too. I do too. So that, that's that's the other thing is that there is a lot. To uh, to account for on the perimeter with these Vikings receivers, uh, and 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 a strong running game, so with with such a balanced attack, he's going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, he's going to be, I think, at at this point, you know, he's been with uh, uh, Cousins long enough that I think he's going to be uh, the uh, you know that magical checkdown option. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think um, I. I don't know where you can get him in the draft. I assume not like the run on tight ends. It usually happens like the fifth, sixth, or seventh round. This is probably later. He might go undrafted. And if that's the case, 
I think he's oh, yeah. in discussion for a tight end one. I mean, it's not a bad fire. You just keep on your bench and see what happens. And uh, we're not saying he's going to be good, but he's certainly worth like a a flyer. And he's sleepy, no, he, a little sleepy he, there's, Gary. There's a lot of upside so, with him, and that's why he's a yeah. good sleeper. Yeah, no question. Um, Logan Thomas, uh, tight end from the Washington Commanders, a guy who has a lot of potential. He flashed a couple years ago. Looked really, really good. Very athletic guy. Got hurt. Didn't play much last year, 18 catches, under 96 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I, I like him quite a bit from Virginia Tech, former quarterback, so he knows how to get to the middle field and stick and get open, kind of like Jacoby Myers in New England. Um, these former quarterbacks, man, they got a lot of athleticism, and they transfer into a receiving threat, tight end, wide receiver, running back, H-back, what you want to call them. They, they, well, and they're, they're good I, for PPR. They're good for I, PPR leagues. You know? One of the things so. I really like about these quarterback tight ends is, uh, you know, the tight end is often overlooked as an extremely cerebral position, okay, because uh, other than the quarterback, they have to understand the offense better than anybody. Um, they have to understand uh, the, uh, the offensive line blocking schemes as well as the route tree. Um, so I, I think that's an excellent point. The, the, the quarterbacks, uh, these quarterback tight ends, they really know how to do the position uh, uh, to its best. So, uh, and in terms of being a sleeper, uh, I think he's a great sleeper because uh, I have no idea, <laughs> no idea that uh, that this was a, a fantasy option. And uh, you know, Washington seems like a team that uh, is going to make good use of their tight ends often. Um, just the kind of offense they run. Uh, uh, you know, they, they don't have a, a veteran quarterback. So uh, I like it. Me too. Um, you said they don't have a veteran quarterback. Um, it would be Carson Wentz. Well, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Heineke, a, a, a rookie quarterback, they're going to throw to their tight ends often, I think. Taylor Heineke? Yeah, he he's like a he played last year. <laughs> Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought they drafted him. It's okay. Oh no, that was Sam Howell from UNC. They did draft somebody. Okay. But All right. It's okay. Well, I so that, that's my point is that there's not a lot of identity there at quarterback. Um, right. So I think I think that uh, tight ends thrive in those situations. Yeah, me too. Um, right, because they're they're the only thing that's really reliable, and they're a big target. So, okay, well, let's go for, let's see here, Cole Komet, I'm sorry, <laughs> trying to eat while I'm talking on a podcast, so unprofessional, <laughs> Cole Komet, Chicago Bears tight end, <laughs> caught 60 of 91 passes last year, he's going to be playing with Justin Fields, probably going to be improved, um, I don't know, I don't really know about this one, but... I mean, I assume he's going to get a lot of targets in the red zone. Um, I, I, he's in a sleeper category, but I, I'm kind of skeptical about this one. I, no, I have some yeah, questions. Yeah, I, I don't see. He's definitely a sleeper, uh, but uh, they could be for a good reason. I, I don't see the same upside potential here. Um, just uh, in terms of of situations and volume, I, I, I don't think that the Bears are going to be in the red zone as often as, as a lot of other teams. Um, 
and I, I can't believe we're, we're at this point. It, it, you know, two years ago, I was, I was pretty, uh, pretty bullish on, on the Chicago Bears potential, but it really did hinge on them getting a quarterback that could really, uh, you know, get the most out of this roster. And now the roster is somewhat depleted. Um, so I, I just don't see the Chicago Bears having a lot of, a lot of you know high scoring games, and uh, so I, I don't think that uh, I mean when they are in the red zone, I do think that that this Cole Kmet will be uh, will be an excellent option for them. I just don't think that's going to be something you can count on every week or you know multiple times a game. So uh, <laughs> I, I would be cautious on that one. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said. I, I don't see. Yeah, I mean, if we're saying red zone target, <laughs> how close are they going to get to the red zone? And that—that's what I mean. I mean, and they're going to run the ball probably when they do get there because they have Dave Montgomery and um, Khalil Herbert, and um, they actually have some good good red zone backs. To be honest, I don't see why they wouldn't run the ball if they got close to the red zone and throw right. it. Uh, they had Jimmy Graham there last year. And uh, he only caught three touchdowns in the red zone. He was, like, strictly a red zone target uh, otherwise. So, um, you know, I, 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 I do think Cole Kmet is going to be a big part of the Bears' offense. I do. I don't think the Bears are going to have a big offense. Um, there's just no they, easy way to put it. I, I, I don't think that uh, I'm, I'm not really high on, on many Chicago Bears fantasy options. So, so let me ask you this hypothetically, because we heard there was reports over the last week that, um, well, there wasn't a report; it was the honest truth. Roquan Smith came out on Twitter, as these players usually do. <laughs> Imagine if Twitter existed in the '60s and '70s. Oh Lord, oh, yeah. um, right, right. Um, and said he he requested a trade, formally requested a trade on Twitter, because <laughs> he was disrespected by the uh, organization. By the way, he's on the sideline tonight, walking around with the team, which. Is odd. Um, not dressed, but nonetheless. Um, you know, let's say they trade Rokon Smith. They get some offensive talent back. Uh, maybe a receiver or two. Somebody that's worth putting in, on the field next to Cole Komet. Or who can generate some yards or some intrigue. Because <laughs> their they're receiving core is pretty bad outside of um, Cole Komet. So, with that... Would that drive him up into the tight end one category, or are we still kind of bullish on him because we don't think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets? Is that the only reason we're going to say Cole commits the, like not a, a worthy fantasy player? He didn't, he didn't mean, score I, a touchdown last year, so right. So I, I mean, he's in a good profession, a good position uh, professionally on this team because because I do think they're going to lean on him. Um, but this is we're, we're talking about fantasy and fantasy points. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's just really hard to see big points or consistent points from this guy. Um, and it's not, right. it's not him. It's the team that he's on. Um, right. because like, like you said, uh, without, you know, it'd be one thing if, uh, Robinson was still there for defenses to worry about, but, uh, it's not, it's not all that hard to, prioritize the run game and a tight end on defense so true uh i i just think it's going to be a tough season for the bears on offense okay let's go over a bus since we're talking about bus teams let's go over bus players right 
<laughs> I, I, I shudder to say this guy's name because I said it how many times last year. I said, do not draft this guy. He's not going to be good. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not going to be able to, to, to put together the production. He usually does. I don't think he's a great tight end. And sure enough, I hit the, nail, the, the, the ball of the park on this one. Here comes, here comes ESPN thinking they know everything. Right, they took my take, but Darren Waller, tight end for the uh, Oakland, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders of Oakland. Um, I I knew this is where you were going. Darren Waller, I I remember, I remember (laughs) this this uh, podcast last year. Oh my Um, God! Yeah, you you definitely are are not uh, high on Darren Darren Waller as a fantasy option, and uh, and honestly. you know, he, he, it's not that he's a bad tight end. It's uh, you know these these things have a flow to them. And right now, the the Vegas Raiders they don't need their tight end to be their leading wide receiver anymore, like he was what was three years ago or something. That Darren Waller led the team in in receptions and yards. Uh, it might have been the year before. To yeah. Be honest. But, so, yeah. but but that's that's not who the Raiders are anymore. And now, and that that's not who they were last year. And now they have. Uh, arguably the greatest wide receiver, uh, not named Tyreek Hill, in the league. Um, so, so it's just it's it's going to go the same direction. Um, I, I don't expect Darren Waller to completely fall off, but he's no longer in that upper echelon that a lot of people still view him as uh, because of of past accomplishments. So, yeah, if if you're if you're drafting him <laughs> like he's the Darren Waller from two years ago, and he is that guy. He's just not on that offense anymore. It's going to be a bust. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Can't agree more. 30 years old, missed 11 games last season. Um, he's not going to get as many targets, so there there's it is. Just, there's just no <laughs> way. There's just no there way. Is. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, with with guys like uh, uh, Devontae on the team, uh, there's going to be fewer of the – I mean, because – you're talking about adding a wide receiver on the perimeter that can take it to the house. So you're just going to have fewer of those, uh, you know, goal line situations because you're going to be scoring from farther away. Right. Um, I mean, not, not every time, but uh, time. it's just it, the, the opportunities are going to get fewer and fewer for Darren Waller. It's, it's not his fault, but like we're talking fantasy. And if you draft him, as the third overall, fourth overall tight end, he's a bust. Yep. Yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> I mean, that's just way too high. Uh, I wouldn't take a flyer on him that high. Maybe I, later. I, in the... th- I think there are people that will. Don't be no, one of them. Don't. No, be they, one. Yeah. They're, no, they're, they definitely will. And I'll tell you what, they're going to draft this guy pretty high too, Dawson Knox. Yeah. So. And, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Go ahead, because I got a lot so to say about I'm, Dawson Knox. I'm a Dawson Knox fan. I am uh, mostly because. I plugged him in last season at just the right time, you know. But that's uh, that's one guy getting lucky. Um, he he he's gonna he's gonna leave you in some serious droughts between you know two touchdown games. Um, I think he even had a, a three touchdown game last season, but he also had three games where he didn't catch a pass, maybe more. Um, so it, it, it's just uh, he's one of those guys that if you're if you're ranking your tight ends going into your draft on season totals and not weekly averages, uh, you're in for a big surprise because even though 
at the end of the year, Dawson Knotts is going to have good numbers for a tight end. That's going to be off of a handful of phenomenal uh, out-of-the-blue performances uh, and not just uh, you know racking up 10 to 20 points a week, which is what you really want in a, in a good tight end. No question. Um, he's just a touchdown. Um, he, he's completely he's, touchdown he's dependent. He's touchdown polar. Yeah, um, absolutely. He, he, he really relies on, on <laughs> blown coverages. Uh, so, and those, that's just not reliable. You can't right. count on that stuff. So, No question. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it's uh, just a guy, like you said, like I remember some teams that had Dawson Knox. Oh, like, I, what the I, hell? I, I like Dawson Knotts for a lot of things. If if you're if you've got a great tight end on a bye week and you're looking for someone to just you know, let's take a shot in the dark on someone's upside, throw Dawson Knox in there. Maybe you'll get lucky. Um but he's not worth carrying on your roster. It's just it's just not worth it. I'm gonna throw a guy at you. He's not on any of these lists we haven't seen. I think he gets a lot of um gets a lot of clout because he's on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> And certainly, like he was like a great like fantasy pickup last year for a lot of people in like in free agency. Why do I not trust Dalton Schultz? Why do I not trust him? Should I should I trust Dalton Schultz? Uh, and who's he playing for this year? Dallas. He's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, seventy eight catches, oh, eight hundred eight yards, Schultz, eight touchdowns yeah. last year. Um, Sixty three, six fifteen, four the year before. Yeah, I mean they don't have as many receivers. Like I mean, they they, they lost uh, Mari Cooper. They, they've had some injuries. Uh, Michael Gallup won't play for at least a couple games into the season. Um, C.D. Lamb is going to take a big step forward, but why do I not trust Dal- Dalton Schultz? He's number six ranked in the tight end rankings, like uh, between I, I Dallas mean, Goddard and George Kittle. I think you don't trust him. I I wouldn't trust a Dallas tight end these days. Uh, th- th- it hasn't been a big part. Of uh, of their success on offense uh, since uh, since what's his name retired Witten Witten yeah. um, they, they they haven't and it's not that they haven't had good tight ends they, they, their game has changed and that's that's just not who uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name their quarterback yeah D- Dak Prescott Dak yeah. Prescott thank you it, yeah, that's yeah. just not his game um, so. So yeah, I'd, I'd be cautious on on Dallas tight ends. Well, it's like look at let me read you some stats, Dalton Schultz, right? And this is a tight end, all right. So take this in the context, okay? I go like big games, right? You talk about like what games did he show up for, you know? Because otherwise he's just feasting on bad competition. And give me, <laughs> let me tell you, it's a lot of bad competition in the uh, NFC, uh, the NFC East, you know. So although Philly would be better this year. Washington, New York, I mean, they're, they're kind of bottom feeders. So look, look at this, right? New England, five catches, 79 yards. Okay, PPR, good, all right? Uh, Denver, 454, lost 16 to 30. Um, Kansas City, 653. Um, what am I looking for here? Arizona, 6 for 54. Philly, 3 for 21, all right? Um, otherwise, he was just feasting on bad competition. And against Atlanta, 43 to 3. One catch for 14 yards. That's bad competition. Um, so I did this with Darren Waller last year. I said the exact same thing. I thought he had, like, big boomer bust potential. I'm kind of the same way Dalton Schultz, and I think he's a bust. I think he's in the bust category. I don't know if it's a guy I would trust drafting. He gets, he's going to get ranked really high. He'll have decent stats. Uh, I, something about him scares me. 
So, or like, I would rather pick like a guy like TJ Hawkinson because he's the only guy on that offense that can actually do something with the ball in Detroit. So, well, and, um, and, he, and he does have somebody that likes tight ends throwing to him. Yeah, you know I mean, Jared I Goff. think I think Goff yeah. is part of that. Uh, definitely factors into to his fantasy fantasy uh, uh, expectations. Definitely. So uh, I, I'm with you there because that's because I've already talked about uh, you know somebody being the only option, and that's why it's not, uh, so in in Buffalo. Sorry, in uh, in Chicago, similar situation. You know, their their tight end is one of their only options, but uh, he doesn't have Jared Goff throwing the ball to him. So. I'm going to throw another uh, sleeper at you here. And uh, you, since you're in the ground in Denver there, Albert Oguip, Oku, I'm going to turn on Oku, okay, Albert. Yes, Albert. <laughs> He's a tight end. So, so yeah, here, Albert o. here in Colorado, we call him Albert O. <laughs> Albert O. There you go. Albert O. Um, what, do you, what do we know about Al- Albert O.? What we know about Albert O is he's on a team with a, a massive upgrade at tight end. Um, a real, I think, underrated one-two punch at, at running back, and uh, and and a, a wide receiver core that is is cursed. Um, you know, Tim Patrick out for the season with a, I think it was an Achilles or a, I don't know, ACL maybe something happened uh, in practice, so he's done. Um, gosh, uh, one of their uh, stud wide receivers that were they were hoping was coming back had like a setback late in his physical rehab. Um, it's just so many po- problems are, are 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 popping up in the wide receiver core that I do think that uh, you know anybody healthy catching the ball from Russell Wilson, uh, their stock is going up, and that includes Albert O as a tight end. Um, I, I know that's not always a huge part of Russell Wilson's game. It, it has been at times. Um, Jimmy Graham. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Russell Wilson's the kind of guy that's going to make the most of what he goes out there with. And uh, Albert O is uh, a healthy, viable option. So uh, I love that as a sleeper. Yeah. Albert O, 20th ranked tight end. Uh, 13th in some circles from the looks of it on CBSSports.com. But... Um, yeah, I mean, if you're playing like daily fantasy, you're just drafting. It's he can get him late. You might get him undrafted. I think he's definitely worth a pickup in like uh, the last round. Uh, or if you're playing daily fantasy, he's worth like a dollar. <laughs> that's how much. That's all he is. When when you're comparing that to Travis Kelsey, who's twenty twenty one dollars. Granted, it's Travis Kelsey, but uh, Albert O, man, he's going to get a lot of targets. And um, you know, he's going to have a lot of a lot of space in the middle of the field. Once again, talk about Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Um, you know. Javante Williams. I mean, they got a good offense down in, down in Denver. The offensive line looks good. Russell Wilson could be in for a big year. Albert O could be a big benefactor of that year. I, I so. completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, folks, uh, do you have any, any other tight ends you want to mention before we call, um, it, a, call it a day here? I, I, I do want to mention one other guy. Um, Noah Fant is with the Seahawks now with uh, – with Drew Locke, so there's already uh, history between those two. They're together on a new team. Um, I'm not ready to call it a boom or a bust unless you could tell me where you where you think they'd go in the draft. Um, but uh, it, it's just, to me, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't even think I would draft Noah Fant, but I might stash him. 
uh, early on, depending on how my draft shakes out. Because um, I do, I, I think he'll go undrafted in a lot of in a lot of fantasy leagues. But there's uh, there's potential there, um, uh, even with you know uh, uh, Lockett and uh, uh, gosh the the the, the D- huge DK Metcalf DK yeah. Metcalf e- yeah, even yeah, with yeah. those two guys, um, it, there's a chance that uh, that Noah Fant gets a lot of volume uh, in this. Uh, on this new team with his former uh, quarterback Drew Locke, um, so uh, so I, I I've just I've got my eye on that one. It's a good point. Uh, like that, yeah. Some uh, some no fan. He's always been such a tease. Such the potential. A tease. The potential's there, yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, he, he's never really took off. So uh, I'll mention one more before we bounce here. And uh, Los Angeles Chargers uh, starting tight end. And Gerald Everett used to play in the chart. Uh, used to play in the Rams, and now he was now he's in the Chargers on Seattle last year. Um, I think he's got he's got some good potential. If you look at Jared Cook's numbers with with uh, with Justin Herbert over the last couple of years, um, pretty pretty good. I mean, honestly, like a tight end nine <laughs> or ten. It's not a position you're going to expect a lot of um, a lot of production out of. But no, forty eight right. for five sixty four, four touchdowns. I think Gerald Everett can get that, get get a couple more touchdowns. He could be a guy in your nine or ten category. I, I think he's worth a pick. No, I, I I so, like that. I think uh, I yeah. think he could uh, could have a season uh, like Hunter Henry's when he had a good year. Um, Every year. So uh, so yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah, thank you. I know you do. I, I only throw out things you like, Trevor. <laughs> so, so that's our that's our show, folks. Uh, here in football in general, we'll be back next week to discuss more fantasy football stuff and leading up to the regular season opener. It's in three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. I know it's just amazing. It's oh man, it's just we've come so far. <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> to think about. We were talking six months ago in February after the Super Bowl. You only got six months. Well, we we are at the precipice of no pants time. I mean, this is, we're talking all <laughs> couch all day long. You know, you get an Instacart brought to your brought to the couch. You're paying that the driver extra to put it in your mouth. You know, that Taco Bell that you desperately need. <laughs> you know, you the smell, the aroma of the chili. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the the constant trips to the bathroom. I mean, it's just going to be amazing. I, I can't wait. Yeah, well, I um, I never wear pants when I podcast. So, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> The trend continues to the couch with the game. It's, it's what I have to do until the real no pants uh, situations return. <laughs> right, <laughs> just warming up, coach. I'm warming up. <laughs> All right, so Get, uh, getting in the reps. Until <laughs> next time, you can find us on Instagram at Football and General Podcast at Bobby on Instagram. He's at Trev Geo Do on Instagram. We will be back to discuss more fantasy football next week. Until then. Hit the like, the smash, the subscribe, all the stuff that people like to do. And by the way, Nathan Peterman's playing in the NFL still. He's, I just threw, saw him throw a dart to somebody for the Chicago Bears. I don't know who that was, but he's third stringer, in case you guys are wondering. He's still playing in the league. He is Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Right? <laughs> Until next time, we're out.